Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 107 of Yoga Land. Happy summer, everyone. It is officially summer, and it's officially summer in San Francisco because it is gloomy and windy. I moved here in June in the mid-90s from Massachusetts, the land of gorgeous summers, and I was in shock about how kind of glum and cold and yucky it was. But we are about to head to Ohio, to the Midwest soon, to hang out with Jason's family and to do a few workshops there. So we'll get a nice dose of warm summer nights and fireflies, which I'm excited about. So I am doing a summer series. This is episode number one of our summer series. We did one last year too, and it's always just a nice way for me to focus editorially, to be quite frank. So Jason and I came up with the topic this year of creating a sustainable yoga practice. And we'll do a number of uh, episodes around this topic. Today, we decided to do one, like a really fun entry point, I think, into the topic, which is we decided to talk about poses that are taught as quote unquote beginner poses or sort of ubiquitous yoga poses, but are actually really hard for us as individuals. And then the inverse of that as well. This episode was actually inspired by a post I did on Instagram about how hard tree pose is for me. And I asked people who follow me if they had a similar experience with other poses. And there was a resounding, yes, you all have this similar experience with your own poses. So I thought it would be fun to talk about. One little housekeeping item before we begin. Did you know that we have a newsletter? We do. We have a digital newsletter. It goes out about twice a month, no more than twice a month. Uh, And it includes all of our new content. It includes Jason's schedule, my schedule of live events, and new podcast episodes, inspiration, shop discounts, all kinds of great things. So if you're not on our newsletter, go to our homepage, jasonyoga.com, and you'll find a subscribe button and you can sign up there. Thanks so much. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Jason. Hi, Andrea. How are you doing? You just wrapped up a module in San Francisco. Yeah. And, you know, I had sort of just wrapped up the London module too. Yeah. So there's been a lot. a little worse for wear. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. And we're having the big end of the year school wrap up, which means like lots of performances and exciting things. Yeah. I'm kind of proud of myself because there was both a school music performance and a dance recital and I didn't do any super melodramatic crying during. You did not, but you were pretty <laughs> testy. <laughs> the morning of the big dance performance. I'm not going to confirm or deny that. <laughs> you're going to plead. You're going to plead out on this one. I'm just going to. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I'm not proud of myself. Okay. Does that we all we better? all get. You know what? We are an emotional family. You know, what's funny is no one, none of my students actually, I don't know what kind of like robot I appear to be to my students. Yeah. They because they're they, so contained. I'm not. No. No. <laughs> no. So anyways, so yeah, we, we lead, we we're, we're quick to feeling in this family. Yes. 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 And there are, we're talking about the not so great things about that, like me getting a little testy. But about, there's great things about that but too. But there's great things about it too. Yeah. Like, I don't think I actually told you this, but 
and I might cut this out of the actual podcast because I don't know if people really care about our kid this much, but when I was waving to her wildly at the Herbs Theater when she was on stage for the music performance, she finally saw me and she looked at me and she mouthed, I love you. <laughs> and then she started singing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was a You're cute keeping moment. that in. Yeah. Okay. You're keeping that in. Oh, okay. All right. You. you I also okay. feel like it's been a strangely long time since I've been on the podcast. It, it has. My agents finally got to your agents and we set this up. Well, I've been feeling like something has been missing. I told you I've been feeling a little more anxiety yeah. than usual lately. And I think this is why. Maybe. I've missed you. Maybe. Yeah. You have a specific inspiration for this conversation we're about to have. I do. And it's kind of a surprise inspiration. I posted, I think it was just last week, which, yeah, you know, by the time this comes out, it'll be a couple weeks ago. I posted on Instagram a photo of me doing tree pose on the steps of Glen Canyon. And that was a photo that was shot by Wendy K. Yalom, the wonderful Wendy K. Yalom. And I told the true story behind the photo, which unlike, is- Unlike, unlike most photos where you lie. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just okay. like, so I told the little story behind the photo, which is that tree pose is not my favorite pose. It's a really, really hard pose for me, especially yeah. if I'm not warmed up. Like yeah. now, further along in my practice, as I'm warmed up, it's a little easier, but I wasn't that warmed up at that time. And Wendy was just kind of like, we're walking on the stairs and she's like, oh, it'd be so pretty. Can you just like pop into tree pose right here with your arms overhead? And I was like- Pop into tree pose, Wendy. This is like not a great pose for me. And she's like, oh, go ahead. Just try. Just try. So I popped into tree pose. And the first time I did it, these two men were hiking down the steps behind her. And I started to laugh and like almost fell, tumbled down the stairs to my death. But she managed to get the photo in. And I posed the question on Instagram, you know, is there a pose that is taught like it's a beginner pose or a basic pose or it's ubiquitous. Like you see it everywhere and it seems like everyone else can do it. And it's really hard for you. And a lot of people responded. And um, I just really appreciated that. And I got a lot of groupings of answers. So I got backbends, which I can totally relate to. I got a few. But wait a second. Backbends aren't taught like they're beginner's poses or are they? Well, I mean, mean, like often in your very first yoga class you have to do up dog yeah 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 yeah. which yeah. i think yeah is up like dog's a tricky pose. It, it's a pose. It, it's a it can be a really tricky pose for bodies it yeah, can yeah, be yeah a very yeah. tricky pose so yeah. people are, yeah um it's over it's overdone mm-hmm. i agree it's cobra is underdone like my, we know our audience i feel like if i say locust one more time on our audience we're, we're gonna people are gonna rebel yeah but cobra is a superior pose and that's that I this is this is not opinion. This is verifiable fact, especially for what you're trying to do, yeah. which is open your thoracic spine. Exactly. I mean, it's just like so much easier to control that opening. Yeah. So anyway, so I, I cut you off there. OK, so. OK, so, yeah, we got some backbends category. We got pars votanasana, which the person put pars outanasana, which I thought was really cute. A couple tree poses, a couple chaturangas. Upavishta. Chaturanga, not a beginner's pose, but fair enough. Again, it's a ubiquitous again, like, pose. Taught, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, bunch of half moons, which I found really interesting because that's yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, 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 yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the sort of thought was that we would have a little conversation back and forth really about two things. Mm-hmm. Number one, what are the common poses that 
you and I struggle with that seem like easy poses. Mm -hmm. They seem like basic poses or fundamental poses or basic ubiquitous poses uh, that you and I struggle with. Uh, and then, and then the, uh, the reverse of that, which are, what are some of the harder poses or sometimes people think are more advanced like poses mm -hmm. that we don't struggle with because of our body types. Right? right. And so I think, I think the interesting thing about this conversation is we're not really leaning on our skills or experience in this. We're still saying, look, we've both been doing this stuff for over 20 years and some basic things are still kind of challenging for us. Mm -hmm. And then also we've been doing this thing for a long time now and some things have really never been hard for us. Right. And it, right? right. So again, it's not about, this isn't the sort of everyone loves the hero's journey story of this was so hard for me <laughs> and blah, 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 blah. I persevered and I, I persevered. I was and, strong. Yeah, and right. I which is just, my which is goals. fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Which is a totally fine narrative, but we're not interested in it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is trite. So so let me let me ask you. You've already named tree pose as kind of a basic pose, if you will, that you struggle with. Are there what's another? We'll start with one. Maybe we get to choose two each. Okay. What? So you get to choose three actually, because you've already talked about tree pose. So what's another pose that most people would assume like, oh, this is this is a easy thing for you to manage. I will say, I don't know that people automatically think of this as easy, but it is like a very iconic yoga pose that I thought Scorpion. before I did yoga <laughs> that I would be able to do easily, yeah. that I still can do maybe one out of 10 practices, hmm. Garudasana, eagle yeah. pose. Um, can I just say Where eagle pose is useless? you wrap the arms and wrap the legs. I mean, well, when I get it, I'm like, oh yeah, baby. I don't understand it. But I can I do it, but I just don't get anything from it. Well, that's so interesting because yeah, I, I have a theory about why I can't do it, which, okay. which is that I have, well, first of all, like the shortest long legs. skinny legs. Oh my God. I have like the shortest legs and you know, I have gorgeous wide hips. Um, so it makes it to like go from this wide right. part. That is and then try to wrap the little spindly legs around is really challenging. Whereas you have narrow hips and yes. long legs. So you're just like, foo, 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 foo. yes. And you just wrap them up and then yes. you can't even. Feel. So when I, I do nothing. it and I can actually do it, I feel a wonderful stretch in my outer hips. Oh, you do. Yeah. Wonderful. See, I do in Gomukhasana. So that, so that flexion and that adduction of the thigh bones. We don't, we, we don't get a ton of it in yoga. We yeah, get a ton of true. external rotation and flexion, but we don't get a ton of adduction and flexion. Yeah. So the interesting thing for me about that pose is I love Gomukhasana, uh, Garudasana arms. Mm -hmm, me too. Right? Yeah. So I love that action and there's several things in there that I do in order to make that pose work. Because just, just interlacing my arms does nothing, but, the, but you got to live in the pose and sort of execute some things and make it come alive. But the hip thing just doesn't give me enough leverage. So I can treat it like a balancing pose, mm -hmm. you know, and that's fine. You yeah. know, that that's valuable in and of itself. But I'm not in love with that pose. And with regards to your body type, yeah, everybody's body type is going to lend itself a little bit more to one category or two and then make a certain amount of categories a little bit more difficult. Yeah. So do you feel like your life has this gaping hole because 
I do. I feel like I'm just never going to be a real yogi until I can capture it on film and and have all of you see it and validate me. There's going to be at least one person that's going to write and be like, oh, it's yoga's not about that. (laughs) So we're joking to that one person that doesn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Let me ask you now, what is a pose? I'll go the other way. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you can ask me. So let me know a pose. Let us know a pose that is kind of a bigger, seemingly more difficult pose that you don't and really never have struggled with. Hanumanasana. Yeah. I mean, when I was five years old, I started doing gymnastics and I can remember I won the little blue ribbon for the splits. That's first. Mm-hmm. I was in the, my family's in the awards business. <laughs> That's first. It was a first, it was a first place ribbon for the splits. Red is second, yellow is third. That's right. And I remember I was very proud of that ribbon, which is hilarious. But yeah, it was, it was just there in my body and I cultivated as a little kid. And then I, I, we didn't, you didn't, you don't really do the splits in ballet. At least when I was growing up dancing, we didn't do it, but, but I did all these other movements to cultivate it. Yeah. All the Developes and Batmans and all those other things. So it was just kind of there. And your hip flexors are pretty tight. My hip flexors are tight. So I had to work on that a little bit. Yeah, because you because you do a very legitimate Hanumanasana. Your pelvis is a little anteriorly rotated, but Mm -hmm. not 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 much. much. Yeah, Yeah, that that pose actually works really really well for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and I do see a lot of like, when will I ever get this pose? And you know, it's been ten years and. I just want to say to those people, like, I relate because we tried Viparita Dandasana for me the other day. Yeah. And it's not quite there. We'll just put it that way. It's not quite there, despite having two blocks, Jason's hands, and a a fire extinguisher. (laughs) I did bring the fire extinguisher in. (laughs) Just in case. (laughs) Things got really testy. Yeah. Anyway, my point is just that. I, I get it that you can be working on a pose for a really long time and just sort of feel like you're so close or if something else in your body would just just do its thing you would be there but it it, it, it's like some people just have an advantage before they've even started so this is i'm going to say one of the most ridiculous things that has ever been spoken aloud which is if your body can do something easily that thing is not difficult to do right okay so this is this is where We have to really separate out sort of hard poses and the idea of advanced yoga. Okay. So they're they're just very, very, very different things. Mm -hmm. So the example that I give on this, which again, this, this requires sort of a longer conversation, but I think we'll get it, which is, for example, it is not difficult for LeBron James to dunk a basketball because he is a giant man. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult for you to dunk a basketball. <laughs> Impossible would probably be the word I would use. Yeah, that's, that's fair <laughs> enough. But so, but we have to remember that this is how, what actually happens in people's bodies and no one thinks about it. Okay. Right. Is that you have the equivalent of someone that is born into a LeBron James body. And now granted, he is not just a master at basketball. No one has ever said that to me before. A master at basketball. Like I just sound like the nerdiest guy ever, but <laughs> He is not only great at basketball because he's a giant man. Okay. There are many other sure. things that he's cultivated, but yeah. however, it is not difficult for him to do that thing because his 
phenotype, his body type allows him to do that thing. Right. Your body type and how you cultivate it from a very young age is Hanumanasana is not a difficult pose for you. So we can't say it's advanced. Like I can't say that Hanumanasana is an advanced pose for you. Mm -hmm. I can say it is a basic pose for you. Yeah. Whereas I can say Viparita Dandasana is an advanced pose for you. Whereas for me, it is not an advanced pose. I was wondering, I think that is a really nice pose for you, isn't it's it? A, yeah. I, it, my shoulder is problematic and has been for a while when it comes to deep flexion and weight bearing. Okay. But, but because of a local injury that I've been having to manage for a long time, that's tough. But other than that, no, it's a, it's a pretty accessible pose for me. I mean, it feels like a deep back bend. Uh -huh. Don't get me wrong, but it's not it's not that difficult for uh -huh. me. Yeah. But so again, so we have to get to this point is that what is advanced? Like what is advanced and what is not advanced to some degree is subjective to the person that's involved. We can't just say, you know, and another example, I say this all the time is like putting your leg behind your head is not difficult if your leg easily goes behind your head. And a lot of people's legs easily goes behind their head because of the actual joint articulation shape that they're born with. Yeah. Right. And so we, and so for someone that it's easy to do splits or easy to take the leg behind the head, we can't look at that and say that that is an advanced thing because it just comes very easily to certain bodies. Whereas someone that can get the leg behind the head, maybe I'm just going to, I'll use the same example or a different example. Maybe, headstand is hard for them. Mm -hmm. Or maybe like Viparita Dandasana is A balancing hard for pose. Like our friend Lauren. Yes. Hey, Lauren, if you're listening, she- She from, cannot do a standing balance to save her life. <laughs> we joke about it. She has such a good sense it's of humor ridiculous. about it. But yeah. Like she's done yoga. And she has a beautiful yoga Unbelievable. Practice, just like even and beautiful. And she's been doing yoga for a really long a time. A single standing balance. She like can't do it for a moment. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like her Pachimottanasana- is so beautiful. It's like her Pachimottanasana is so much more reasonable than my Pachimottanasana. Yeah. Right. So again, we, we just, I, I, I don't know where I want to go with this. It's something I talk a lot in trainings about because in advanced trainings, people get so in their head about, about making an equation between the ability to do something that is perceived as difficult and being a good teacher. And there's mm -hmm. just no, there's not a relationship there. Mm -hmm. So now do I get to go? Yeah. My totally. first round. Yes. So are you going to do first your pose that is considered, you know, a, an easier pose yes. or more ubiqui yeah. ubiquitous, but it's hard yeah. for you? Okay. You want to ask me? Go for it. Anything where I have to bend or turn <laughs> <laughs> or move. Forward and backwards. Right? If I have to go side. forward, backwards, <laughs> side to side, or rotate in any direction. <laughs> No, all all forward flexion, mm -hmm. all forward flexion. Like I side bend easily, uh, not easily, but I side bend with, you know, relatively accessible back bend, relatively accessible uh, twists have always been accessible, but forward folds are just awful. Yeah. And I'm not, uh, listen, I'm not saying to the audience that I'm tight and therefore they're not good. I don't buy into that scenario. I'm saying I've been doing these things for two decades and they feel horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like backbends. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they just, 
like especially seated front bends. And I, I finally in all my in my standing forward folds, like I have just finally bitten the bullet and aged into the process of acknowledging I'm just going to bend my knees. So when I bend my knees, you know, it's like, yeah, you're like smirking. I, I'm just, I'm, in, I'm proud of you. Well, I got, I have nothing, you know, I don't really have something to prove now. I'm proud of you, my silver fox. <laughs> God. Okay. So when I bend my knees and standing front bends, I'm fine. Right. And I don't have to bend them an extreme amount, but if I don't bend them, I just end up in lumbosacral Hell. Purgatory. Yeah. Not quite hell anymore because oh, okay. I'm a lot stronger and I don't overreach like I used to because I'm, I'm not, I'm not as insecure about this as I used to. So I'm not trying to sort of fill a hole and hope nobody sees it. You know what I mean? But seated forward folds, you know, like in my nighttime, uh, I should, let me clarify, seated hamstring oriented forward folds. So, so like Pachimottanasana, Janashashasana, Tiriyang, Mukaika, Pada Pachimottanasana. But not what? What would be a- Cross-legged forward bend, ankle to knee forward bend. Oh, wow. Uh, pigeon, Gomukhasana. Oh, so, my, so it's, okay, my, sorry. My you said hamstrings, it's more the hamstrings than the hips. Yeah, my okay. hamstrings are recalcitrant. They always have been. Yeah. My outer hips have really opened up over the years. Like, I'm not going to say they're flexible. I'm not going to say they're tight. They're compliant. They, they get tight, but then, but then they work into a good range and they feel comfortable. My hamstrings don't, Yeah, you know? So I really do mainly the hamstring work that I do now are standing poses because I get better leverage, reclined poses like Supta Parangustasana series, and then sitting on a roller just to sort of ease out some of the, the mm. tension there. Yeah. You yeah. know? But I will say this for knock on wood, I've never had a hamstring attachment injury. You know, better knock on wood, buddy. Those are uh, knock on wood, knock, knock. Yeah. So, but I mean, but the point is, is like, I don't have a high degree of mobility and my primary tension point are calves and hamstrings. My stress point in that chain is lumbar and sacrum, mm, right? So the, it's the lumbar and the sacrum that get ornery, to quote my grandmother. They get ornery if I'm doing too many front bends and I'm pushing it. My, my, hams, my hamstrings and calves are, you know, they, they present a lot of resistance. But then if I get injury, it's, it's typically lumbosacral. I just like... I have to quote Bugs Bunny in this moment. Fair enough. It's your lumbago. Right? <laughs> it's my lumbago. <laughs> oh, my lumbago. Yeah. So those have always been hard. They, they've just always been hard. I have. And I also I'll say this is I've mostly made peace with it. You know, I'm not at a place where I think it's going to change. Yeah, I'm at exactly. a, You know what I mean? I'm at a place where it's like, I know the, my station in life with regards to my hamstrings. If in my mid forties, after having done this for 20 years, they've gotten to X, then they're not going to get X times two or X divided by two. However you look at it, you know, it's just, they just are as they are. So it goes. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the reasons we wanted to have this conversation is because a it's, even though we're told in the yoga room, not to compare ourselves even if you're not actively comparing yourself to someone else, like for example, even if I'm not scanning the room during Garudasana 
going like, oh, Jason's Gardas is beautiful. Steph's Gardas, even if I'm not doing that, I still might have a feeling of, oh man, like, why can't I, why sure. can't I have what that person has? Sure. Why can't I be having that experience? Why can't I look the way that person looks? Why can't, so it's. And as someone, the, the laughable thing is like, as someone that can do Garudasana, I don't care about Well, it. I was going to say, I don't do Hanumanasana anymore. Right. No, I know. Because there's no benefit to me right. to doing that pose. Right. Every once in a while, if I really feel like I want to open my hip, hip flexors, like, so the back leg in Hanumanasana, I will actually put a block under, under my sitting bone under the front sitting bone sure. so that I can really like work the, yeah. the hamstring and like draw my tailbone down. That's the only reason for me to do that pose. Yeah. So, you know, I think, um, we wanted to have this conversation to just put the stuff out in the open, but also to say like going back to, this is a practice of self-acceptance. Totally. It's not and self-study. Easy. Yeah. It's, it's self-acceptance and self-study. To look at yourself honestly and to just say, it's okay. Yeah. I still I'm not probably not gonna do Viparita Dandasana. It's it's okay. No one actually cares except for me. I I kind of care. Okay. <laughs> and and with, with regards, I don't care. But with regards to your Viparita Dandasana, because we did have a bet on it. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. So maybe people can help us settle the bet. Okay. So the bet, what would you, can you remind the, me of what the bet was? Or I'll the remind you. The bet was whoever. If you were, I, my, I bet that I could get you into that pose. Right. And if you lost, you owed me a frozen yogurt. Yeah. And then vice versa. And vice versa. Mm-hmm. The thing where it got really challenging, we're, ha- we're having a hard time knowing who won the bet is, we got you in that pose. Yeah. But it hurt. Yeah, we didn't. We and didn't, it was ugly. We didn't have enough. It was so ugly, wasn't it? It just didn't work. No, it was only a millisecond. You guys, I didn't like stay in a painful pose. P.S. It just like I was. We were very close. We could have got the photo. We had lots of props. We could have used the video in such a way where people couldn't see those props. Oh, I know. I know. We could have photoshopped Easy. it. So. Yeah. Okay. I would, yeah, anyway, I don't know. You guys can vote on that. We'll do an Instagram stories poll. Did Andrea get into Viparita Dandasana or not? Did, or did it count? Did it count? Did it count? We didn't have any qualifications. Because if it, because if yoga's taught me one thing, it's that it's all about keeping score. Yeah. <laughs> Just like we do in our marriage. Just like we do in our marriage. Total, keeps things totally helpful. We'll probably uh, do it more in our marriage than in yoga. Well, I would think so. Yeah. But I, think we both consciously try not to do that we do try not to do that <laughs> i got another okay. one okay do you, do you have another one that you is not easy for you or did you want to go to the one that's well you know you? what what's also not what is also not easy for me are i i hate to bring it up but it's because you already did it's tree pose oh really yeah i didn't know that yeah yeah like it's i think it's a really like you know utita hastaparingushtasana is really easy for me now it is. Yeah. Same, it's, it's actually very easy for me. Yeah, too. of course. Yeah. So my hamstrings, so point in fact, my hamstrings aren't that tight because right. those those poses are super easy for me. Huh. Uh, Ardha Chandrasana is easy for me. Parivrita Ardha Chandrasana is easy for me. Virabhadrasana three-ish, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. sort of a, a middling kind of pose for me, but I li- I really like that pose. I think there's a lot of value to it. But tree, yeah. Both I, sides? Yeah. I have one side that is so much harder than the uh, other. For me, it's both sides. I mean, yeah. I could, like, if I'm not warmed up the harder side, I could have my 
my lifted foot, like probably at my knee. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Okay, so what's your pose that is considered a quote unquote exa- advanced pose, but come, has come to you fairly easily? Uh, forearm ba- balancing and forearm balance. Mm-hmm. I could take a nap in the pose or like oh. read the newspaper. It's oh super easy. I can relax my neck, close my eyes and think about old times. It's an easy shape for me to sort of lock into. Bakasana is an easy shape for me to lock into. Mm-hmm. I can't stay there forever, but it's it that has always been a really easy shape. Mm-hmm. That whole f- and Parshva Bakasana, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. easy shape for me. And handstand, mm-hmm. balancing and handstand. Mm-hmm. Pretty, I mean, you know, the, the thing about, the thing that's really, okay, handstand and forearm balance. Like to go back to what I was saying earlier in it sort of joking way is if you think about handstand and forearm balance, those are mostly straight poses, right? Yep. I mean- No bending. Exactly. A little bit of bending at the- Deep shoulder flexion, but everything else is just in its natural contours. Mm -hmm. And it requires being spatially oriented upside down. And I did so many headstands and shoulder stands for so long- Mm -hmm back in another lifetime that I'm really well oriented upside down. Like I have really good proprioceptive awareness. I would say actually asana wise, that's probably, that's my strongest skill is I'm very kinetic and I have really good proprioceptive awareness. So my body knows where the rest of my body is in space. Mm -hmm. It has difficult time with range of motion, but if, if my range of motion isn't really being tested, I can fix into a position pretty well and sustain it. And then when it comes to Bakasana, you know, it's a deep hip flexion pose, but there's no test of the hamstrings. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's an alignment pose and it's a sort of strength to weight and a strength to where you carry the weight. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, I, I just, my body, my, my frame, I don't, I don't carry weight. I know you just you know? a little light little feather. So not as light as I used to be, but <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like there's not there's not a place where my body gathers weight. Yeah, you know. And the other thing is, I've seen this a lot with some of the uh, some of the people that I know, especially some of the men that I know that can press the handstand, like there, which I cannot do, but there are a lot of components to it. Proportion is a big component. But one of the things you'll look at for a lot of people that can press the handstand, certainly not everyone is narrow hips and shorter legs. And I've seen this so many times, right? Because when you're doing sort of a strength oriented pose, again, it's not just about strength to weight ratio and flexibility involved. It's about levers and where the weight that you have exists. Mm-hmm. And so you have, you have short legs, mm-hmm. so short levers mm-hmm. and, and a, and a more narrow pelvis, 
then your weight is going to reside in places that are much more advantageous for pressing up. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing, though. I think it's also um, well, you've said this many times before, but I think that if I really focused on it, I could probably learn to press up into like Upavishta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Handstand. Yeah. And that's just because of my the flexibility yes. in that direction. Which is, I think, the main reason I can't press up yeah. is because I don't have the flexibility to get my pelvis in the super yeah. advantageous like position. Like I can literally just put my pelvis right over my hands. Yeah. And then it's just a matter of getting the legs up. Yeah. I was going to say one other thing, which is that it's it's interesting, too, when you think about that in terms of forearm balance. I can balance in forearm balance, but it's very there's always this feeling or this risk that I'm going to go over. And I think it's because of the heaviness around my pelvis. Mm. Whereas with you, it's like, you don't have that. You probably don't have that pull. I mean, I literally always feel like something is pulling me yeah. in yeah, that yeah, direction. Yeah, for sure. Even if my upper body's like really stable and strong, that's always just like, woo, kind of yeah. like, it's like a, a, a flag in the wind or something like you don't have what some people struggle with, though, which is a hypermobile lower back. No. This is a place where so many people struggle with handstand and forearm balance, which is a larger circumference pelvis, the weight sitting lower, center of gravity being lower, and a lot of mobility in the lumbar junctions. Mm -hmm. Because then, then you have then you have the the weight sitting heavily directly upon something that has a little extra mobility. And that is a very difficult thing for people to control. That's where people need a ton of abdominal strength and control. For me in these poses, I don't need much abdominal strength and control because I don't have that weight distribution that you're talking about. And then I don't have a lot of mobility to my lumbar spine. So I don't have to work my midsection much in order to restrain right. that motion. That's what I feel like, though. It's, I feel like I'm restraining, not my lower back, but I'm like, I feel like I'm restraining my pelvis from going over. You are. Yeah. You yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is a surprise to you because you didn't know. So we're going to round this out. All right. With one more pose that you you sort of pine for, like... And it doesn't even have to be like a big, amazing pose, but like one more pose that you feel like would be so, so, so beneficial for your body. And I'm going to go ahead and start because I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this. Out. Little curveball. Yeah. And for me, it's a little bit more comfort and range in Pariyavritta Janashashasana. Oh, huh. I can do Parivritta Janashashasana fine, but it's always brief and it's, and it's still a little testy on my SI region, on the SI region that I'm moving towards. So to me, it's this paradoxical pose where the side that I'm stretching, so let's say my left knee is bent and my right leg is straight. The side that I'm stretching, my left side feels so good. Like to open the lower left paraspinals and to, to open the waistline, like all the transverse, the oblique tie-ins, the quadratus lumborum tie-ins, it feels so good. And yet the side I'm moving towards, it doesn't feel bad, but I don't, I don't have much margin for error. Mm. 
You know, it's a it's a place that the side I'm flexing towards can get a little testy from previous back injuries. So it's it's one of these poses that it's uh, I always want to do more of it. And when I'm in it, I want to stay longer like it feels so good. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's a narrow window and I and I can't overindulge it. Yeah. It's like having, I can have like a bite of ice cream, but I, but as soon as I have a bite of ice cream, I want the whole pint and then I will feel horrible. We are appearing to be polar opposites on this podcast because that's such a like comfort zone pose for me. Uh-huh. And one of the few poses where I don't worry about going too far uh-huh. and you know, it just, it's just, and then my, I would say my pose for this category is Bakasana. Uh, I just feel so silly in it. It just feels so, it feels like, (laughs) (laughs) like, think about like my proportions, like my chest, my legs are short and you know, like I have, anyway. Do you feel like you look silly in it or do you you actually ridiculous? But wait, wait, wait. Do you feel like you look ridiculous or do you on the inside, like in that shape, just feel like it just doesn't make sense? Both. kinetic sense to you both it's like it's like this pose i've been doing since the very yeah, beginning you can do it and everyone you know you it's like you pop into it in a class like it's this easy pose and no matter what it just feels goofy to me all right just feels, you don't look goofy in it i yeah, i don't know i don't know about that i i do know about that <laughs> <laughs> but i but but I understand that you don't, I, I'm not going to take away your feeling. I guess you have seen it since you're a yoga teacher. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. Well, we hope that this little uh, fireside chat has just given you some food for thought. And and if by any chance anyone's thinking, well, there's more to yoga than asana. We know that. <laughs> we know, totally know that. That just wasn't the conversation. Yeah. Actually, that was the one we did recently was the meditation podcast. So that wasn't too long ago. Okay. We just, we just. Just covering our bases. We just miss each other. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. so much for listening. As I mentioned, I will put a link to that Deborah Berkman interview I did on our show notes page. Uh, That was one of my most popular interviews. So if you haven't heard it, you should go listen to it. You can find the show notes at yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 107. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it and or leave an iTunes review. It's super helpful and helps other people find the podcast. Thanks so much. Can't wait to hear more from you. Until next week, enjoy your practice.